phoenixes are rising Look into the eyes and the hearts of lions Minds like diamonds, souls are igniting Illuminating the night and when you awaken Can't be frightened, world's out of whack But we got your back, you're a part of the pack Now let those wings flap Welcome fellow phoenixes to the Spiritual Phoenix Podcast, where we make a daily offering to the divine by putting our past on the pyre, turning the ashes into art, adapting addiction into connection, and metamorphosizing mental illness into mental wellness. I'm your host, Ross Cessna, and I'd like to introduce the first guest on the podcast, R. Jones. How you doing tonight, R. Jones? I'm alright. You have one hell of a radio voice. I would not have expected that. <laughs> I've heard that before, and I, I never really understood it. Uh, I I guess people think I'm a better speaker than I, I do. Yeah, that's, I, I worked in radio myself, and uh, I've, I've had that comment from time to time. I, I think the same, so, yeah. That's that's another thing that we have in common, then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'd like you to tell me a little bit about your story, um, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Sure. Well, you know, as far as, um, I don't know, if you want to, I mean, I guess the first topic in spirituality as it has any impact in my life is uh, is meditation. I want to say back in 2008, I got involved in meditation as meditation is a part of 12-step programs. And uh, I had, you know, I had very little experience or knowledge of it prior to that. Um, as a, a kid growing up in Southern California, uh, meditation was part of the culture there. I recall my mother meditating when we were little, and perhaps just to settle the two of us down, I have a younger sister, um, you know, I recall her basically saying to us, now, kids, you know, sit cross-legged and clear your minds and shut up for half an hour, more or less. And it was always that aspect of clear your mind that troubled me in any attempt to meditate, um, up until uh, up until I was actually sat down and taught Vedic meditation in 2008. So if if I mean if you wanted to talk about the topic that's that's core to spirituality for me, it would be uh, it would be meditation. Um, you know, particularly uh, particularly meditation as it uh, you know connects me to uh, to what I see being the uh, you know the wave that's my soul and the, uh, the wave that is, uh, is, you know, the, the sound of the universe, I guess you might say. Certainly. I can relate a lot to, uh, not being able to quiet the quote unquote monkey mind and trying right. to meditate initially. And right. I, I still struggle with that at times, but I've also had moments of, um, incredible clarity and I, I've used uh, binaural beats before. I don't know if you ever tried that at all. You know, actually I have, especially I've used it to, uh, to fall asleep. Have you have you ever had any uh, interesting experiences with binaural beats? With binaural beats, um, no. I've used uh, well, I, I shouldn't say that. I've used them a few different ways um, on long flights. I'll just you know go into uh, go into binaural heaven for a uh, for a while. I'll use it on the treadmill or the spinning bike um, again and put up uh, put up one of the ones that's uh, that's um, you know devoted to you know peak energy and things like that. And uh, then, like I said, to fall asleep. I think that's all I've done with it. Um, I, I can recall one experience, and that's really cool. I've never tried it that way. I'll have to try it in those instances um, just for just to try it out because I think that there's a lot of a lot of benefit to uh, 
sinking the hemispheres of your brain, which it mm -hmm. supposedly does. And I, I mean, I don't know that it does or doesn't, but mm -hmm. um, the, an experience I had on it one time is I was sitting in my apartment in uh, Northern California and I put it on and I, I had it on for about 15, 17 minutes or so. It was about a 30 minute long meditation. And at one point it felt like my nose was uh, turning into sand and blowing away in a breeze sure. that wasn't there. And it was sure. really surreal. Like I was disappearing or connecting with everything. I just want to point out that if there is a, a panting sound on the track, it's not either of us. There's also a, a dog in the room. Um, yeah, I've had I've had experiences in meditation, not with binaural beats, where um, I lost part. You know, it felt like I was losing parts of my face, much like you described. Another common one for me is uh, is losing orientation. You know, for example. Um, if I were sitting, I'd lose my sense of uh, up, up and down, or, or where I was, uh, you know, where I was oriented as far as, um, you know, as far as uh, as far as my body. Well, that's interesting. I, I think that I, I've felt similar things. Um, I, I I need to meditate more though, because currently I can only go for about five or six minutes before I f sure. freak out and lose my stuff. Well, that's that's a couple of things that I've I've gotten to with meditation. I mean, number one is I try not to judge meditation by what goes on during the meditation. There are, um, you know, meditations where I'm having this great transcendent experience, and you know, I feel myself connecting with, um, you know, with whatever, you know, field of thought is uh, is the the cognitive model of the universe. And wow, isn't this wonderful? But I've also had meditations. Um, I, I usually go for thirty minutes straight, um, or twenty minutes twice in a day. And I've also had meditations where, you know, I start and then I'll look down at any watch I'm using to time myself thinking, oh, God, is this over yet? And it's been 45 seconds. So <laughs> it's, you know, I, uh, but the, uh, I think the, the way to look at the benefit that you're receiving from any kind of a meditation is how the rest of the day goes. If after you rest, and stand up and get active again and go about the rest of your day? Are you doing it with clarity, with compassion, with some kind of, you know, God consciousness or, um, or, uh, or better intent than you would have if you just got up and panicked immediately and self-willed <laughs> it for the entire day? I think in any, in any event, if, um, if you stand up from any kind of a meditation and you have those results, if not more, than it was a successful meditation. And in my experience for doing this for the better part of 10 years, they always have been. Yeah, I, that's one thing that was difficult for me at first was saying this is, a, I did good at meditation, I did bad at meditation. Uh, and it, it's just meditation is one thing that yeah. I've, I've come into uh, that philosophy recently where there's going to be times where it is more difficult and it doesn't mean that you should judge it because all it's going to do is add to the anxiety and uh -huh. the panic and everything like that. Yeah. Um, well, let's, let's go back to that phrase, clear your mind, because I think that's where a lot of people get hung up on meditation. And I would posit that clear in that context has been lost in translation. Uh, because when we look at, um, at, you know, for example, you know, the yoga sutras of Patanjali uh, describing meditative experience, or um, you know different um, you know different uh, different texts describing, say, for instance, zazen meditation or things like that. The the experience. I mean, the whole. For, and you referenced earlier in the discussion 
the uh, the monkey mind. Um, that that's a phenomenon even familiar to monks, and that is the mind that wants to jump from subject to subject to subject, or just grasp on to anything, any little mental toy to play with, and do it on its own, and do it on autopilot. Um, and we all experience, I think, ever productive to think of that as though you are to clear your mind all at once and keep it clear for any period of time. What you are to do is the imperfective verb of clear your mind, sweep it away and continue clearing it. It's not ever going to be. It's not ever going to be a done task. It's the imperfective form of clear, not the perfective form of the verb. Um, so, practically, I think in a meditation, and myself, I practice a mantra meditation. But you can have this experience in any meditation. Um, in a mantra meditation, of course, you're reciting a mantra. Say, you know, the mantra is um, is Ham Sa is a very common one. Inhale Ham, exhale Sa. Inhale Ham, exhale Sa. Inhale Ham. Oh my God! Is the dog chewing on something? Wait, I just got distracted. Inhale, hum. Exhale, sigh. Why do you have two vapes? Wait, I've gotten distracted from the mantra. Inhale, hum. Are the levels right? Exhale, sigh. <laughs> Inhale, hum. Exhale, sigh. And occasionally, yeah, your mind jumps just like, "Wow, she's hot." Inhale, hum. Exhale, sigh. Inhale, hum. Exhale, saw. And as you as you go through the meditation, find the monkey mind wants to swing on another vine. Just recognize that monkey's swinging and go back to the mantra. That's you know. So it's almost like a George Carlin's bit about dusting. When when you dust, the only thing you've effectively done is guaranteed you have to dust again. Basically, yeah, 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 pretty, yeah, pretty much. And that's I mean that's fine. That's no that's no disparagement to the exercise of dusting. Certainly, yeah, it's, it's still crucial, and just like it is to uh, to still sweep things away, because you have to let your mind play out, and it, I, I feel that maybe the more consciously you uh, attempt to sweep things away, the more conditioned your brain will be to have them occur less over yeah, time. Yeah, I think, I think that's true. In the tradition of meditation as I, that I learned to practice, um, we're taught that thoughts are the mind releasing stress and even thoughts can be the body releasing stress um and that's that's fine i it doesn't one doesn't necessarily have to agree with that but um but let's talk about what you do with that practically you learn to recognize thoughts that you have them and not be controlled by them you learn to recognize thoughts and not judge them you see them coming up and learn to say oh i'm having a thought here i am thinking Almost like I don't know if you're if you're familiar with um, early modern philosophy. Um, French philosopher Rene Descartes um, came up with um, the fundamental proposition that let him know that he was here as an individual being, and that was cogito ergo sum. I think, therefore, I am. Um, and of course, that's a yeah, that's just recognizing that the core of our being is thoughts. Um, I think meditation... By the way, the, 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 the text that that was in was called Meditations on First Philosophy. Uh, yeah, no kidding. And, uh, and yeah, I think he was, he was engaged in a, uh, a different, a different type, of, type of contemplation or meditative experience to get to, get to the bottom of that, um, to come up with he thought, therefore he was. But you know, in, in, you know, in our practice, it's recognizing that thoughts are part of our person. We don't need to judge them. We don't, more importantly, need to act on them. 
Certainly, that's one thing that was difficult for me initially was uh, feeling that my thoughts, which I had no control over, defined who I was in lots of ways, mm -hmm. and then also feeling the need to impulsively react on every thought oh that I had. Oh, God, yeah. And that impulsivity caused such turbulence in so many situations. It's exhausting. And also, as you, uh, as you uh, pointed out, I think, therefore, I am. Um, that's very valid as well, because when you think negative things about yourself, it's, it's surprising how negative you are. When you think positive things, it's amazing how much different the day is. Um, I heard somebody at one point say, if you think that you're going to go out and you're going to see a, a bunch of assholes, you'll be surprised how many assholes you see. But if you think that you're going to go out and, and meet nice people, it's amazing how nice the world is around you. And yeah. I think that there's a, a lot of validity in that. Well, think about that for a second. Um, because the first two words in that are, I think, um, and middle of that sentence is, I see. All of that describes an experience that I'm having inside, and to some extent, my ability to perceive it, which is, uh, perceive it, which is, uh, is also, you know, is also largely internal, the, the experience of perception, at least the psychological experience of perception, not necessarily light hitting your eyes, but the, um, but, uh, but your mind's ability to interpret that is entirely internal. Um, I mean, I see this, I see that. I mean, it's at the bottom of it is I, I mean, there, you know, I, there's this little, little tritism that you see from time to time. We don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. What's well, true? I mean, your only your only ability to see anything is as is as you are. You Certainly, know? you see everything through your filter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're you know if you're if you're if your default mechanism is paranoia and suspicion, of course you're going to see assholes. And one way to test whether your whether your default you know default mode is paranoia and you know and, uh, and suspicion is what you think of the world around you, and sort of you know sort of cut that to pieces and say you know. What rational basis do I have for um, for that thought? I think the other thing that you can say that meditation is is the um, it's actually an ethical thing. It's the choice you make as to what you're going to pay attention to. You know, that's a really good point. Mm -hmm. I've never really thought of it that way. It's also honoring your mind. I mean, exercise is honoring your body. Sure. And honoring your mind, I think, is really important. I don't think a lot of people do that. A lot of people try to get out of their mind and run away from their mind. Like it's this, like this, this beast or something like that. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, yeah, you know, and that's what, that's what drinking and drugging are all about, right? Just shut the thing up by, uh, by, uh, by drowning it for a while. So, yeah. Except it never drowns, you know, you know, in some cases it drowns dead, right? But uh, there's, you know, when, when you're talking about, about that aspect of meditation, kind of what is it? Um, I've heard so many people describe uh, describe meditation in different uh, different ways, and I guess you can kind of you can kind of tell when somebody's when somebody's had had an experience that they looked back on and said, "I was I'm somebody different after that." You know, after that experience. Uh, for example, there's a, um, <coughs> a writer, um, former I want to say former Harvard professor and colleague of Dr. Timothy Leary's from way back when, a guy named Ron Das, mm -hmm. right? And he wrote a book recently called "Polishing the Mirror." He describes giving a, uh, a very long lecture on meditation and spirituality to um, some group of people. And a very old lady walked up and approached him and said, oh, you know, I absolutely understand all these, you know, topics about transcending that you're talking about. And I've, you know, I've had all these experiences. And he says, oh, are you a meditator? And she said to him, no. 
this little old lady looked at him and said, no, I crochet. <laughs> because for her, crocheting and being completely in what she was doing and choosing to pay attention to that in that way was meditation. I heard another, uh, another fella um, I talked to recently. He's a commercial painter, does big outdoor paint projects. And when he's painting, he you know, swears up and down. He's in a meditative experience. He's like, you know, Mr. Miyagi there, wax on, wax off, right? There's there's a lot of validity to that, too, and I'm glad that you brought that up because in my experiences, uh, I have a culinary arts degree, and it's oh, there's wow. moments in cooking to where you're just in the zone and you're so focused on this. you got 12 things on the stove. You're focused on this pan, that pan, that pan, and you are out of yourself. You're sure. completely out of yourself. Sure. And, and, I mean, one thing that helps me in that situation to keep the rhythm is playing music because I can focus on that, and I'm not thinking about... Did I take the garbage out? This, that, or the other thing? Like it, it completely removes me. I mean, even uh, walking or yeah, uh, playing a musical instrument, for or, example. There is a, I mean, there is a walking tradition in meditation, um, and actually, in some in some cases, um, in some Buddhist centers, you'll do a um, you'll do a sitting breath meditation with your eyes open, then a walking meditation, then back to the sitting breath meditation. Um, you know, it's not it's. I think I think anything done with the intent to give it your attention can be a meditation. All right. I, I agree completely because if you're focused on what you're doing and not how you're doing it or what's going wrong around you, then you are outside of yourself and you are quieting your mind because you're so focused. I mean, for me with cooking and uh, it it was muscle memory almost mm-hmm. where I would do certain things where I wouldn't even have to think like. I could have things for the next person before they even needed it. Like if they sure. needed, uh, if they needed, say, a, a steak or something, I could reach down and get the steak, give it to them, and it's not even like I thought about it. It's, mm. I saw what they were doing, bam, and it was almost involuntary. Okay, that that kind of opens up a different topic because I think a lot of the experiences we've been talking about so far would be experiences that you might describe as um, as transcendence, almost like you know you're in a, a waking experience that's like conscious dreamless sleep or something like that. Um, you know, I'm I'm not losing a minute of what I'm doing, but I'm just doing it, whatever it is, whether it's reciting a mantra, or um, you know, or or, uh, or crocheting, as was the the thing we mentioned earlier. Uh, one of the when when you say doing something by muscle memory or unconsciously, one of the topics that I think comes up relative to that is mindfulness, um, especially when you're talking about. Um, having multiple, literally multiple irons on the fire and, uh, and music at the same time. Um, because so far, the experiences that we're talking about, whether it's crocheting or mantra meditation or painting a wall, you're monotasking. You're devoting your attention specifically to, um, to that one thing. Um, and you can, you can also describe that as a mindful experience. I mean, you can drive mindfully, okay, with a posture with your hands at 10 and 2, with your eyes on the road 50 feet in front of you. Um, that is, um, that's, you know, that's mindful and that can be meditative. I, I raise an eyebrow a little bit at referring to doing necessarily a dozen things at once, especially when you're reacting unconsciously as, um, as a meditative experience, though it's, though it's certainly, it's certainly a different type of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know from that, but you know, one of the things that I've been trying to do is, um, is just focus on the one thing. Now, along those lines that you described cooking, I'm, I'm a lawyer by trade, I think you know. Um, 
when I'm in a particularly long trial and I'm paying attention to one witness's testimony and just paying attention to it, I have those timeless transcending experiences where I'm just listening and paying attention to that. And mm-hmm. there's not a single other thing going on, and that's where my attention's directed. I see your point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I, I, I mean, maybe using the term meditation wasn't the correct word, but there's definitely that moment where I'm outside of myself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know. You know, I've stopped. I've really stopped looking at it in terms of inside or outside. I mean, there is, I don't know. I mean, is, tra- is transcending dropping deeper and deeper and deeper into, um, you know, down toward the source of your own thought? Is that an inside experience or an outside experience? Especially if you consider the source of your thought to be... <laughs> To be something, um, <clears throat> something maybe external to you, you know. Well, that's a fair point as well. And that's interesting because in 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 almost ten years, I haven't thought about it as whether it's inside or outside, and I don't know what to say about that now. Yeah, I, I don't have an answer for that. No, me neither. I'm not wise enough to have an yeah. opinion. <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 interesting though because so many of the um, things like um, you know different uh, different models of the universe that we're now looking um, rather to. Um, to cosmology for models of the universe, but uh, rather to epistemology and cognition and saying that the universe is actually a two-dimensional object that we sort of interpret and cognize. And it's not, um, it's not, it's not quite as solid as we think it is. Uh, you know. Like quantum physics type things? Yeah, yeah. I think, um, uh, what, what is his name? Hagelin? Uh, he's a uh, yeah, for, former Harvard physics professor. He came up with something he called the unified field. There's another one called Chris Langan. Not quite as um, not quite as uh, as well known, and not coming from an academic background like Hagelin, who's a Harvard guy. Uh, Langan came up with what he called the uh, cognitive theoretical model of the universe. It's abbreviated CATMU, I think, CTMU. Um, that, that says that says that says a lot of the same things. CATMU uh, makes me think of cats. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think I think that, I think that I think that's how it's how CTMU is pronounced among people who. Who are in the know? I'm not one of them, though. But, but I mean, those, those are just you know two. Hagelin actually is uh, as part of the transcendental meditation movement, and is starting to, or has been for some time, argue that the field, so to speak, that you drop down into in transcending experiences is actually the fundamentally unified field, or you know, the fabric underneath the entire universe. Now that's kind of heavy. I'm trying to digest yeah, I haven't, that. I haven't gotten. I haven't. I haven't even begun to begun to look at that i just i just practice meditation and kind of have the experience i'm not like i said you know i'm i'm a lawyer hard sciences are you know from a long time ago i guess Mm -hmm. yeah i'm just a former stoner that likes the artistic things and and used to cook yeah yeah that too right so um outside of meditation what other spiritual uh avenues have you have you dabbled in or well i what do i do i mean my my okay the other the other side of my spirituality is prayer um and uh you know following a period of meditation in the morning i say about a half a dozen prayers um yeah, just one after one after the other sort of into this quiet space that um that uh that you know meditation cultivates and uh you know then i i get up and uh and try to do what I'm supposed to do and not be a dick. I mean, yeah, that's that's a very good principle. And I don't get that. I r- routinely don't get that right. You know, <laughs> yeah, um, I make mistakes every day. Uh, you know, I'm uh, coarse in some cases, uh, dishonest, less patient than I should be. Um, you know, I try to stay, try to stay aware from that, and uh, and 
and you know, cut it down a little bit by bit every day. Yeah, it's a constant struggle for me as well to deal with uh, myself yeah, <laughs> in right. lots of ways. Yeah, although, okay, I mean, look, do try, you know, try this. And for anybody who's listening, try this. Um, give it, give it 30 days. Give it 30 days of half an hour a day of some kind of meditation. And I know we talked about um, about binaural beats. I know there are lots of guided meditations out there. There's the Headspace app. Those are all terrific things. Uh, guided meditations and electronically guided meditations are fine, except for one problem. The hell do you do when the batteries run out? What do you <laughs> exactly. do? What do you do when you're meditating and you need to detox in county jail or something like that? You'd better have something that doesn't require earbuds. Um, so anywhere, I mean, you can Google. Um, what's known as a Hamsa meditation, H-A-M-S-A-H. It is um, just a fundamental mantra that connects you to the universe. Um, in Sanskrit, basically the meaning is I am that, which is um, inhale Ham, exhale Sa. Inhale Ham, exhale Sa. Inhale Ham, exhale Sa. And usually the tempo is a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. Hold that for half an hour. Um, if you feel so inclined, uh, picture just the bright central light of the sun shining from there to your heart if that gives you an extra universal connection or just inhale hum exhale saw and um half an hour a day 30 days see what happens certainly i definitely know that there's a difference in my mood and how i feel throughout the day if i don't meditate i didn't meditate today and uh some situations in my life created a little bit of turbulence thankfully i went and did some other things to get myself outside of me and it really helped me greatly. Were um, you reacting to your thoughts immediately as you had them? No, actually, I, I've been practicing mindfulness. Um, and one of the things that I, I try to do now is picture my thoughts like bubbles. And sure. when it's one that doesn't serve me, I, I pop it. Yeah. Um, and it was just processing more so than anything and processing how to handle the situation or what it was. And the resolution of handling the situation was actually to do nothing. Yeah. That's <laughs> fine. Absolutely. There, I mean, there. I've had... I've had situations resolving cases where I just showed up prepared and stepped back, you know. Um, the uh, There's a similar metaphor, I guess you might want to call it, that I did at a, a Buddhist center um, over a couple hours from here. That um, It was a breath meditation. And when you had a thought, just exhale and breathe it down a stream. That's an interesting down, visualization. I like it. Stream. So it was more. It was more than a breath meditation. It also had a uh, had a um, had a uh, visualization component to it. Uh, but just exhale, breathe it down the stream. And I had always there were two there were two things that were unique about it. It was um, it was very structured and very austere the way everything was done in uh, in this particular center. But more than uh, more than that, it was done eyes open, which is was totally totally new to me that would be really difficult yeah, for I know, me because i get so distracted yeah right <laughs> but, but i did it i did it just the way just the way they said and it was it was an incredible experience it's not what i practiced day to day but it was it was still really something hmm, yeah i i like the visualization one uh, visualization thing that i've done at times is uh picturing breathing out all the negative words sure. that i'm thinking and then picturing breathing in like positive word clouds or whatever mm-hmm. and that really uh it tends to help me a lot yeah have you ever tried Kirtan? Oh, Kirtan, yes. Uh, yeah, actually, I went, uh, I did, uh, yeah, yeah, Indian gospel singing, basically, yeah. Yeah, I tried that for the first time did about you go, a month ago. Did you go ago. with a group? 
Um, I went by myself, and there was a couple other people there. Oh, okay, yeah, because it, it can get, in large groups, it can get, like, pretty rambunctious. Yeah, the thing for me was I'm, I'm such a perfectionist when it comes to singing. I'm like, these people are singing out of tune. Yeah. I can't sing with them. And, and then I'm like, I'm missing the point of the experience. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, that's, it's really something, yeah. I was in uh, uh, Canton and, I want to say, Cleveland. But yeah, it was it was uh, it was a really positive experience, especially especially the time I did it. They have uh, a place locally in Boardman that does it as well. What really? I didn't know yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Wow, man. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's where I went. I mean, oh, I think they a... have uh, free seminars every month for that or something wow. like that. Huh? I yeah. Next it. time I see it, I'll let you know. Yeah, let me know. I'd love to know that. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, I, I think it's that about an even half hour. We've covered enough in uh, this one, if you want. So. With that, we'll put it on the pyre. I want to thank R. Jones for being here. Hello, goodbye. <laughs> and uh, thanks anybody who's listening. Have a blessed evening or morning or day or whatever, and take care. Peace. Peace and blessings from where we are. <laughs>